Welcome to the Rooted Parent Podcast, which equips parents to think biblically about some of the most pressing and confusing issues of our day. The Rooted Parent Podcast is part of the Rooted Family of Podcasts, which also includes the Rooted Conference Podcast, the Rooted Youth Ministry Podcast, Ask Alice, and Thanos to Theos. Rooted is a ministry that focuses on advancing grace-filled, gospel-centered, Bible-saturated youth ministry. Learn more at rootedministry.com. Here are your hosts, Cameron Cole and Anna Mead Harris. Welcome to the Rooted Parent Podcast. I am Cameron Cole. And I'm Anna Mead Harris. They call me. You are Big C. And they call her. I am still the team. She mom. is the team mom. And so um, we are in our season about uh, the Bible and parenting. Yeah. And we're looking at uh, stories and texts and passages that are about parenting. We're doing a BT. Right. Biblical theology. Biblical theology, just right. for you guys. Just for you. That's right. Now, um, I do want to say the Demon Deacons are presently projected to go to the Orange Bowl. Nice. Yes, I know. Now, now I will also say there's a 9% chance they're going to win out. <laughs> but the Deeks are favored to win every game from here on out. And they are currently a 22-point favorite over Boston College. Oh. Who, is, you know, like, when has Wake Forest ever been a 22-point favorite in a, a conference game? Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on. <laughs> I know I know. you guys were really, you know, keen on listening. Of course, when this when this is aired, the Deeks might have lost three games. <laughs> I mean, that's the, the life of Wake Forest. It yeah. is. It is a, a life of um, constant disappointment. But, hey, we, we are enjoying. We're, we're just riding high. We, you, yes, right. Week by week. You just ride the wave. Yeah. The We're old right. gold and black. OGB. Uh, what is it? OGB? Yeah, yeah. But it's, a, it's old gold, which is just so odd to me. Like, why is it old gold? That's a good you call. Old gold and black. <laughs> Not just gold and black, the old gold and black and the demon deacon, which is the worst mascot in the history of mascots. My children have always been very confused by that. <laughs> right. Like, daddy, deacon, demon? <laughs> well, the tide. Oh. I mean, yeah, we, we were, we're, we're grieving. Um, and, you know, so it, I lost. It's lost really game. It was my daughter. My daughter was born in 2012. 12th game Alabama's lost in her whole life. Oh my! <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and uh, for those of you who are not living in Alabama, there was a sense of palpable grief in the air. Well, it's because it was a human rights violation. <laughs> I mean, it was a social justice situation. <laughs> the officiating that there, game was so bad. That. There's there's that. Um, <laughs> but uh, it, you really could tell around on Sunday. It was just oh, subdued. Yeah. A lot subdued. of there were a lot of people at church. I think I think a lot of people saw their need. <laughs> Either they saw their idol bankrupt them, and maybe they need to return to the true God. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. might have been the case for me. So perhaps. yes, we're recording this right after the the, the Alabama Tennessee, Tennessee lost. That's right. Um, and um, the human, yeah, the human rights crisis that we do call the Alabama Tennessee twenty twenty. <laughs> if you can call that a win. Fine. Oh, oh man, team on! <laughs> oh, love it. So, all right. Please well, pray for us if you are don't pray for fun. us. We are the worst. <laughs> don't pray for us. Let us let us grovel in the in the anguish of, of idolatry. Right. We need it. We deserve it. Yeah. Um, oh my goodness. So, anyhow, well, anything else exciting? You're about to go to Idaho. I am. I'm going to Idaho, which is just so beautiful in the fall. Oh um, man! It's supposed to snow the day I arrive. <sighs> I'm just super excited. Bring it home, team mom. There will not be enough. 
for skiing, but that's okay because I like hiking anyway. So. Oh, that's awesome. Yes, it is that's a it's a writing retreat. So um so you can pray for that if you would. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we will. I know. Get a lot of writing done. So the muse, the, the, the muse of the Holy Spirit would inspire your writing. Exactly, exactly. But yeah, we uh, we're getting on with um, studying through the Bible and what it says about parenting. That's right, and we're going to be pretty close to the beginning here. Hmm. Yes, we're we're going to camp out in Genesis twenty two today, but we do want to just revisit quickly what we've been looking at. The last three weeks, our first week, we really looked at the primacy of relationship and how God established from the very beginning that we were made for relationship with him, with each other, and that the discipleship that happens in a family happens in the context of loving relationship. Yeah, that's right. And um, then we moved on to Proverbs. Yeah. Proverbs, we saw about how the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Mm-hmm. And that being recognizing that God is God and we are not, and that we, you know, we trust the Lord and uh, live according to his grace and direction and word. And, um, but yeah, there's a lot about discipline. We kind of broke down parenting into, mm-hmm. or Proverbs breaks it down into um, discipline, like correction, and then teaching and instruction and modeling. Right. right. Uh, so that was, um, that was Proverbs. And then we went into the Christian household code as we see it in the New Testament. Yes. And really talked about how we live as parents in the tension between serving our children and leading our children. Right. And we get a lot of information from the household code about how Christian power is to, and leadership are to be exercised, particularly with relationship to wives and children. Right. Good stuff. Today we're going to be in Genesis uh, 22. This uh, this is just an unbelievable story, and it, it has got so many applications. I think this is going to be hard, and I think it's going to be really freeing. But one thing, um, one thing I will say is this: this would be an episode where, if you're not on the go, you're not driving your car, mm-hmm. so to speak, <laughs> that if you have your, you can pull out your Bible, it, it might help you. But we're gonna go, we're gonna go through this whole passage. Yes, line, we're gonna go line by line, and. Uh, it's going to echo something that we talked about when we talk, when we went through Proverbs, that there will be suffering in That's parenting, right. that yeah. parents will suffer because their children suffer. And there is suffering in the love that we have for them and what that calls us to do sometimes. And so it, you may have guessed Genesis 22, if you're opening up your Bible, we're going to talk about Abraham and Isaac. That's right. Yeah. And so, you know, the big theme that we're going to look at in this episode, and and this is in some ways hard, but I just got to tell you, it's freeing. Mm -hmm. That's the thing about God's word. God's word, uh, even when it's hard, it ultimately functions to set you free. Oh, that's good. It really does. And so we're going to see that here. So the big theme that we're going to look at in this episode is how your child belongs to God. Mm-hmm. Your your child is not your property. It's the property of the Lord God. And your child's life belongs to the mission of God. Yeah, absolutely. I've heard it said that parents can act like anxious owners. Oh boy, yeah. Their children, and that phrase is not mine. I, I don't remember whose it is, but that describes uh that describes many moments in my parenting when I've realized that I was behaving like an anxious owner rather than 
a person who had received the amazing gift and privilege of raising one of the people that God made in his image, teaching them to follow him and walk with him. It's a, it's a privilege and an honor to have the gift of a child to raise, but they don't belong to us. Yeah, absolutely. Which, you know, is hard. It's also free. Yeah. And so, you know, I'll say just, I'm going to read just this first five verses. And, um, as we do that, we're going to kind of talk about child sacrifice and that that's going to be pretty pivotal here in this episode. So, so I'm going to read team mom from uh, Genesis 22 and start in verse one. Mm-hmm. After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham. And he said, here I, here I am. He said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. And he cut the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. Then Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. So first, you know, you can see here, this is an absolutely daunting um, request, command the Lord has given. It's shocking. it It is shocking. It's particularly shocking to a modern reader. And you know, even a reader, a, a little bit less shocking, but in some ways shocking to a, a you know an original reader of Genesis. Yeah, yeah. Um, so on one hand, we've got to keep in mind that for years Abraham had waited for a son. God had promised him a son, and there are all these years that elapsed, more than ten years between the promise and the actual uh, manifestation of that promise in the birth of Isaac. I, I think it's important. That he says, take your only son, Isaac, because Abraham and Sarah, well, really Sarah cooked up this plan for Abraham to father a child by her maid, Hagar, and they had conceived Ishmael through that. And it's really significant here that God says, your only son, Isaac, because Ishmael had been conceived not through God's plan but through human plan. And Ishmael is what happens when we take things into our own hands rather than waiting for God. Right. And so he's only recognizing in terms of the covenant, he provides, God provides for Ishmael. Ishmael is not out in the dark. In, in Genesis 16, we see that God doesn't disown Ishmael. But in terms of the covenant and in terms of what God will recognize, Isaac is his only son. And so how in the world is God going to fulfill his covenant if Abraham offers up Isaac as a burnt offering? Yeah. And, and I think that a big point for us to, to glean um, from your only son is that this emphasizes that Isaac was a gift. Mm-hmm. He was a gift. And it was very clear that he was a gift from the standpoint of it. He was miraculously conceived and delivered. They were how old? In their late nineties, the, the change had definitely come upon Sarah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, post menopause, the change had come before God ever made the promise. That's right. I mean, That's she right. was in her seventies when He made the promise. She had t- 
turned the corner, shall we say? Like a long, long time ago. I mean, uh, yeah, she, she, no more hot flashes for no, Sarah. No, no, no. And um, I mean, when she heard this, she laughed out loud. Yeah, right, how, right. How in the world? So, yes, uh, Isaac should never have been born. Yeah, exactly. And so I think the first thing for all of us to realize and this is something we have got to own, and it's really, really hard, is that our children are a gift from the Lord. And the re- I think part of the reason, you and I talk about this offline, that it's so hard to own that is that you work so hard as a parent. And it, you know, moms obviously work about 12 times more than the dads. <laughs> But no, all of us, you know, like all the sacrifices you make, the diapers you change, the sleepless nights, the financial sacrifices, the conflict, the lack of gratitude. You work for six weeks to put Christmas together and they tear them up and all they do is complain (laughs) about how they didn't get something. Yeah, it's I mean, you when you put so much in, you start to get this sense of ownership that um, is not necessarily consistent with the reality because in that your child belongs to the lord yeah there's a narrative among moms that you know when your child is born your heart is walking around outside of your body for sure it's not it's it's the effort but it's also the amount of love and affection Mm -hmm. and the way that you feel so incredibly tied to them and it's even expressed in biology like you will see glimpses of your spouse in your child's face and it just increases your love all the more i mean or they look like your mom or your uncle and there's just so many ways that your heart is so bound up in love for your child and all of that is a good thing and god put that tie there partly to get us through those sleepless nights mm-hmm. i think and and when we're so frustrated and irritated with them but all the same we, we don't we don't own them and i think the earliest that or the earlier that we recognize this the easier we will have um the the, the more delight we will have in them um, the earlier in their lives that we recognize this the more we'll be able to hold them less anxiously yeah, good word, good word. And so, you know, a couple of exegetical points here is um, turn. Well, first off, let's talk about child sacrifice. Yes. Yeah, because I know to to a modern reader, you're like, what in the world? This seems like God is completely violating His own law. And and he, you know, we'll see as we move the story that He does not have Him no. sacrifice His Son. That's not something that God would lead, you know, someone to do. Um, but it, you know, in this day and age, it was kind of customary to believe that the firstborn belonged to the Lord. Mm-hmm. So that may, that would have made it mitigated a little bit of the shock value. And um, in a, you know, in a pagan sense, there was lots of child sacrifice in pagan religions. Yeah, absolutely. The Canaanite tribes all around them um, were in the habit, actually, uh, and sacrificed children regularly. And God's law is going to be very specifically in Leviticus and other places. You shall not give any of your children to offer them to Moloch, was the God that demanded child sacrifice, and so profane the name of your God. And so God is calling it what it is. It is it is a abomination mm-hmm. to sacrifice a child. And um, so, yeah, it's a it's it is a curiosity that God is calling Abraham to do that. And as you said, he's not going to call him to go th- cause him to go through it. 
Yeah, totally. And so I think one of the things that we've really emphasized is that, uh, you know, we all have idols mm. and idols require sacrifices. And too often the idols that we have, we bring our children and sacrifice our children before the idols of our ego, yeah, uh, our need to be, you know, validated, um, our idols of status or of money or of comfort. Um, yeah, I mean, all kinds of idols. Just because we are not putting a bonfire in the backyard does not mean that we're not sacrificing our children to idols. I remember having um, one of my kids was so not into sports. And I remember making him do this thing we have in town here called Sunday soccer. And it was because I thought he needed to be part of the social scene. Mm-hmm. That happened at Sunday soccer, and I sure wanted to be part of it myself. And I dragged <laughs> that poor child to. Now, that's not saying, you know, obviously there are times when you get your child to do things they're initially hesitant to do because it's good yeah. for them. I'm talking about this kid had played Sunday soccer and knew he didn't want to play Sunday soccer, and he was going based on my idols. And um, and this obviously happens as we get older. I recall a conversation I had with a father one time who's son uh, was academically very, very strong, and he had a dream to go to one school. And the father was determined Mm -hmm. that he would go to his alma mater, because that's where everybody in their family went. Um, And it it was, you know, we kind of had words at a uh, wedding shower of all places, because this father was uh, angry at the suggestion that I made that, um, you know, that maybe our kids could visit this other college together where his son really wanted to go. And uh, anyway, that to say, we can develop these plans for our children that are based on what we want for them. And it prevents what God has for them. Yeah. And what we want for them sometimes, quite often, in fact, is actually consistent with our idols. Our idols. Yeah. So I've seen a fair amount in ministry where there's a a kid and they were interested in going into ministry. They're interested in being a missionary. And the parents say, kind of try to, they they beat that out of them. Mm. They nip that in the bud. Because, and and really, basically the explanation is you're you're not going to make any money. You know, or, or, you know, the parents maybe don't verbalize this, but they see that as, you know, not a status. Doesn't kind of fit their uh, you know expectations of what status would look like. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a suburban. That that's coming out of a suburban context. The idols look different, and you know, different ethnic situations and different socioeconomic situations. But, um, but yeah, the the part of this, you know, one of the one of the, a term that's used in this passage five times is burnt offering. Mm. Burnt offering is a uh, you can see in Leviticus, and obviously Le- Le- Levit- Leviticus hasn't is hundreds of years right. from being written um, when this story is going on. But a burnt offering is an offering of total commitment, mm. and so that repetition in the in a in Hebrew narrative is always something to pay attention to. So you know that the repetition of burnt offering, burnt offering, burnt offering relative to what God has asked Abraham to do and Isaac signifies that we ourselves need to be totally surrendered to the Lord and we need to totally surrender our kids' lives to the Lord. 
And that is, man, that, that's something that's, uh, that takes a lot of internal yeah. house cleaning. Yes. Of knowing what your idols are and, 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 and repenting from that because, you know, they talk about generational idols in the, in the Bible. They're like we, those don't come genetically. Those are modeled. They're taught. They're taught. Usually they're taught, uh, through example. Um, but you know, the idols in your heart that will, they will, and, um, infringe upon parenting in a way where you're surrendered to the Lord. And yeah, I would say just to encourage you that repentance openly in front of your children is huge encouragement. Yeah. Because they see the idols, you see the idols, and but when you turn from them and you talk to your children about the fact that you're turning from them, that's that's really a life giving um that's a life giving process to do as a family. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And I, you know, I'll throw a little skin in the game here. I mean, for me, an idol was that I I did well in school. I liked school. I liked that identity that I was smart. I liked that. Um, you know, I went to a, a college that was perceived to be like a smart person school. Mm-hmm. And so I had to be very, very careful, um, you know, not to kind of impose that upon, upon my kids and want to push them in school and already start to jockey an angle about getting into a good college and that kind of stuff. Um, you know, and because there's not, there's idolatry there and, and, you know, what, how I, I, the question is just how am I basically faithful? Yeah. Anytime we see ourselves living vicariously through oh, our children. Bad, bad, bad. So for me, I had two sons who were super athletic and I was not. And so I, I encouraged that because that was something that was a door that was not really open to me. You're right. Um, and, uh, and then I did it all over again with my, you know, uh, debater later on, you know, that was yeah. something I wasn't have been good at. So, so yeah, w- when we catch ourselves, with our idols, we need to repent. Um, sure. Yeah. And with that being, and repentance being surrendering our kids' life. Surrendering to the our Lord. kids' lives. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Turning from the idol and surrendering. So let's read on a little bit more. Um, and uh, we're going to, we'll read a little more after a commercial break. Why don't we take a commercial break? I think we should. Yeah. I think um, Jesse's uh, bird dog clinic uh, <laughs> uh, camp, uh, you know, up in uh, Northwest Alabama. The training, train, they'll train your bird dog. Yeah, well, by all means. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you well, you you'll good, hear from them. You get you. You'll hear from them in just a minute or some other Christian ministry. We'll <laughs> see. <laughs> our greatest goal and hope as parents is to raise our kids to lifelong faith in Christ. This is no easy calling. Rooted's goal is the same. So we created a family discipleship curriculum you can use in a small group, Bible study, Sunday school, or for your church's entire family ministry. We have eight video courses with inductive Bible study curriculum led by pastors, counselors, teachers, and parents, including Colin Hansen, David Zoll, Peter Ong, and Cameron Cole. Course topics include Gospel 101, Talking to Your Kids About Sex, Parenting Teenagers, and Parenting Young Children, and much, much more. Click the link in our show notes from today's episode to sample three free videos or visit rootedministry.com to sign up today. Welcome back to the Rooted Parent Podcast. Uh, we are talking about Genesis 22, uh, the sacrifice of Abraham. 
Oh, sorry, the sacrifice of Isaac. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we're really talking about how our kids do not belong to us, but how they are, they belong to the Lord and, and surrendering our, their, our kids' lives to the Lord. So, T-Mom, you want to read uh, 6 through 10? And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took his hand in his hand the fire and the knife. So they went both of them together. And Isaac said to his father, Abraham, my father. And he said, here I am, my son. He said, behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they went, both of them, together. When they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. Oh, boy. Man, oh, man. Quite a text there. Yeah, man. All right, so you know, first thing here is, um, golly, you know, there's just it's just so painful to surrender your children, mm-hmm. and I think that you know you, you see this moment where uh, Isaac looks up and it's like, "Hey, Dad, you know, where's the lamb?" You know, and then you see this language of him strapping his son to the altar and pulling out a knife, and you know, so, you know, you can think about the fear that Isaac was experiencing and the, just the terror that he was experiencing. And, um, and, and I think when I think about surrendering my kids, I think I have this notion that I can protect them Mm. from the fall. Like somehow the fall has affected everything else that has existed Mm. in, uh, you know, in the history of mankind. But Cameron, (laughs) Cameron can insulate, you know, his children from the fall. Oh, yeah. You know, and that is unfortunately just um, not not true. <laughs> no, no. Our kids are going to suffer. Yeah. They live in a fallen world. They're going to suffer even at our hands because oh yeah <laughs> as much as we love them, we're we're fumbling in the dark a whole lot of time. Amen. I thought in verse eight, there's something grammatically where he says, Abraham answered, God himself will provide the mm-hmm. lamb. Mm-hmm. Just kind of that reflects that reflexive pronoun here. Emphasizing that God will be the one to provide. But to me, it just puts God at the center of the story. Yes. This is about God. They've gone up on the mountain to worship. Mm-hmm. This uh this surrender is um this surrender is about worshiping the Lord. What struck me as I was reading this time through the, and this is, you know, a story that we read over and over as Christians because, you know, we, do, we need to make sense of it. And we'll talk about what it's really pointing to in a minute. But there's so much trust here. Mm-hmm. There is, God has given them such the gift of faith. Um Abraham's history, as we talked about before the commercial with God, is that God is faithful even when it looks like um, he's going to what he's what he said he will do is impossible. Right. And 
there's also such trust that Isaac has in his father. Mm. I mean, we see no sign of struggle here. And so the relational capital that we talked about in that yeah. very first episode is yeah. strong. Yeah, it's strong. He knows his daddy loves him. Yeah. And he trusts his daddy as Abraham has, is trusting the Lord. Yeah. And if he were like from South Alabama, it'd be his diddy. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did he? But he's not. He's not. Yeah. So anyhow, um, the a, another thing I would say here too is like, you know, going back to this is all about God. God's centered story. It's all about the worship of God. Like this is a this is you know this is like true, and in some ways it's like um, startling to hear this. But like the purpose of our children's lives is that the Lord Jesus Christ would be known, glorified, and worshipped. Mm. It's not that our children would be popular or comfortable or successful or even safe in the like insulated, comfortable sense of the word. It's that Jesus would be glorified. Mm. And, you know, when, when that is the focus of your life, there is just a lot of resistance and there's a lot of pain and suffering because you are unified in a life like that of Christ, which was suffering a lot and so but man that's there's something really freeing about saying you know what my kid's life belongs to the lord Mm -hmm. and his or her life is about um is about jesus being known worshiped and glorified and because they belong to the lord the suffering that they do go through is not pointless amen it is something that he can use for his kingdom. We may never know what the purpose of it was. It's not always for us to know, but we can trust God with our kids because they're really his. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, let's go and and read this last part here, 11 to 19. Um, Would you mind, would you mind reading that? I'd love to read it. I mean, you've got the, you've got the smart glasses on. Uh, as long as I have, you know, the glasses are great because they give the illusion of intelligence. Oh, I don't, I don't think there's much of an illusion here, Tina. I, I think you, you get like 15 IQ points if you wear glasses. Sure. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. He said, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will provide, as it is said to this day, on the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. And the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you, and I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and as the sand that is on the seashore. And your offspring shall possess the gate of his enemies, and in your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. Praise the Lord. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I to me, um, God, there's just so much to be said. Uh, the two, two, two things I would say. The first thing I would say is, 
you know, the God has spared uh, Isaac from danger by providing a lamb. Mm-hmm. And the thing that we really need to embrace is that the, the, the biggest danger for a child is that they would not know the Lord, mm-hmm. um, that they would live their life without knowing Jesus. And so that's, 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 the, that's the danger we need to concern ourselves with. And Jesus has provided the lamb. Yeah. You know, he has provided the lamb that there is that path to knowing Christ now and forever. Um, so, you know, that, you know, we think about the danger of, oh, my child won't be successful or, oh, um, you know, my child won't be self-supporting, so on and so forth. It, uh, you know, those are concerns. Mm-hmm. That's reasonable. Um, simultaneously, like, real danger is the danger of uh, eternally being away from the Lord. And so, you know, God has made a way in that. The huge thing I see here, the, the blessing. Yeah. Yeah. What did you, what, why does the blessing stand out to you, team mom, in, in this conversation? Well, God had all along a purpose for Isaac's life and he was going to fulfill it no matter what. And that purpose was to be a blessing. Because mm-hmm. through Isaac, we'll have Jacob and Esau. And then, but through Jacob, eventually we're going to get to Jesus, who is the lamb that the Lord will provide. Yeah. And so it is through Isaac that we're, we are all going to receive salvation. So the application for us as parents, it's not the same plan for our kids' lives, but he does have a plan and he will fulfill it. And we can trust him in that plan. It is, uh, it is a good plan. It is a plan of blessing for others that he has for our kids. And so even if it doesn't look like what we hoped it would look like. And at this moment, you know, I, Abraham is thinking, this is not what I thought was going to yeah. happen with this child. This looks like a huge detour. Yeah. But... In fact, it's not. In fact, it is um, showing us the magnitude of what God will someday do for us through Jesus. Amen. And, you know, I think a big takeaway here is like for us, the, the most blessed way to parent, the most peaceful, gratifying way to parent is to surrender your child totally mm-hmm. to Christ. Um, that's, uh, yeah, I think we think that the, 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 the most blessed ways for us to be the master of the ship, to try to control and orchestrate everything. When in reality, you know, there is something just beautiful about entrusting your child to the Lord, you know, being a faithful parent within, within what God's called us to do. But in the big picture, like to entrust the child's life to the Lord and, um, and to see what God does. There's so much comfort in it, too, because I know all the times as a parent where I just didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And God never doesn't know what That's to right, do. Yeah. He never doesn't know what our children need. He, he knows exactly what they need and he will give it to them. That's and good. so it's not it's not just that we have to relinquish ownership. It's that we relinquish ownership to the only one who really can lead them in the paths that he has for them. Yeah, and I think to just to land the plane here, I think the thing we need to probably need to it's easier if we just say surrender your child, surrender your child. That's just law, yeah. and that doesn't we can't we don't have any ability 
to to you know to live into or follow the law uh, without the gospel. So you know the thing that Abraham really completely trusts uh, surrenders his child to God, mm-hmm. and the thing that enables that is that Abraham has seen God's grace. Yeah, seen God's grace and the provision of this child. He's ultimately seen God's grace in that. God has come to him and graciously given him a personal relationship. Mm-hmm. And Abraham wasn't like a terribly virtuous person. No, he messed up a lot. He did. And it was, it, it was bad. Like, you know, <laughs> kind of, you know, handing your wife over to be, to sleep with the Pharaohs, not a, that doesn't get you the Christian character award at your local Christian school. Or then sleeping with the young maid. Just That's because, right. You getting know. your, yeah. Getting your, getting your servant girl pregnant. Yeah. 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 Not good. Yeah. Not good. So he was not squeaky clean, but God <laughs> chose him. Yeah, and, and so all that being said, like our rescue from sin, death, the devil, being brought into relationship with Christ, being brought un- under the grace of God the Father, is no less miraculous. Right. And so it's it's kind of remembering that everything we have, particularly since we're sinners, is God's generosity. Mm-hmm. And when you come out of that place of kind of gratitude and humility— then that that's that's really what enables us to surrender our kids. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that uh, I love that. They they are a gift for whom we give thanks. Amen. As opposed to something to, for our grasping little hands to cling on to. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. Well, team mom, it's been a this has been an edifying conversation. Yes, uh, I love this passage. Uh, I, it's it's actually ultimately really beautiful and encouraging. Mm-hmm. It's one you got to wrestle with, but it's worth true, it. True, true. Not the easiest one. Well, cool. Well, thanks so much for listening. I'm going to sign off for the team mom. I'm the big C, and uh, may the Lord bless you. Thanks again for listening, and I hope you have a great day. Bye, y'all. We hope that you enjoyed this episode of Rooted Parent. If you found this podcast helpful or encouraging, we'd appreciate your help in bringing this grace-filled, gospel-centered Bible-saturated content to others who might also benefit. Help us serve others by sharing this resource on social media, by leaving five-star feedback, or simply by subscribing wherever you listen to your podcasts. For more grace-filled, gospel-centered, Bible-saturated resources, be sure to visit www.rootedministry.com. As always, special thanks to High Street Hymns for the music featured on this episode.